Welcome back to this week's episode of Toys on Tap. We have one of the first people to ever come on Toys on Tap coming back. Welcome on Photonic Figures. Incredible work. He tells us the story of how he moved from resin and is now making these beautiful robotic clunkers that have both toy pieces and other pieces thrown together and they give a real good vibe. That coupled with his painting skills are insane. If you love Toys on Tap, we'd love your support in liking and subscribing, rating and reviewing, or following us wherever you have social media at Toys on Tap. Get ready for this week's episode of Toys on Tap. What's up? It's good to hey. see you. I'm glad that it all worked out. Yeah. How's the audio? Oh, it's great. You're good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um, man, it. How long? I mean, other than <laughs> having you on the bootleg marketplace, was it like? Uh, I think it's been two years since you've been on Toys on Tap. Was it two or three? Okay. Because I think uh, yeah, I started I March. Yeah. It might be three because I started podcasting March 12th, 2021, but you were on Vimeo with us. Yes. Yeah. I was one of your first ones. Yeah. And uh, so that might have been three years. So it's good to have you back yeah. on. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad that you're here. But before we start anything, please introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. I'm Phil Freeman. Um, I'm on Instagram as Photonic Figures or Photonic Frontier is kind of my art general graphic design account. Um, so let's see. I've been customizing toys as far back as probably mid-high school. I uh, saw Jin Otami and Siloff and a few other like action figure customizers that would pop the heads off and repaint yeah. figures and uh, I saw that and I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I sadly lost a lot of my uh, childhood toys, customizing them into different things. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my feet wet into figure customizing. And then, um, yeah, like you were saying, about three, four years ago, I saw several people online doing like the resin casting of mm -hmm. figures. And um I've always been a fan of like the old Kenner style, like the what what the Super Seven boxes look like, that sort of thing. So that kind of was a way to to break the two of those, and I tried that, and that's how I did my corporate drone, um, Cthulhu and a few others, the Jeffrey reboot. Yeah, so you've been going yeah. for a long time to be doing this in high school. <laughs> Yeah, off and on. Um, before it was mainly like, oh, Hasbro's never going to make this Star Wars or superhero character. I want that character. So how can yeah. I make it out of existing parts kind of thing? Um, yeah. Or, or just even like weathering, adding a little bit of detail or, or lining that they won't do officially with the official paint jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy because like it seems so new. You know, I did diving back. And, and most artists, I dive into their backstory and all kinds of stuff. Um, and you can go on, I think it's called Rebel Scum. Yeah. And it's like... There's like a whole archive of old toys, yeah. Yeah, back to like 2004 or something. And it's just crazy to see that people did that. I don't know. It was like, it, it was so new to me, but it's not a new thing that people have been doing at all. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, when I saw it in high school, so this was like early 2000s, I remember some of those pages were on GeoCities or Angel Fire, like that old of the internet. So Yeah. yeah. So tell me, let's walk it back to childhood. Tell me mm -hmm. all those toys that you destroyed and <laughs> yeah. like used for your customs. Uh, what were the toy lines that you were playing with? What were the things like? Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Um, Definitely like Star Wars. Like I had the big chunky power of the force figures, um, yep. Ninja Turtles, Batman, some G.I. Joe's. Yeah, definitely in like the four to six inch range. Yeah. And and some of the characters I was creating either were official ones that they didn't make, or like one of them was my avatar character. Like I came up with somebody that I used okay. on a message board. So I wanted to make what he looked like so tell yeah. me about that figure because that's not um, even customizing anymore. that's like you're doing what we do you made a yeah. new figure well actually now that i said that i'm remembering there were two there was um so one was 
an alien named Puzzler 2000, and it, he had like an alien head on a, uh, I think it was a Lennard uh, spaceman body. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of my earliest ones. And then um, this one you can see on my um, Instagram page. I found it a while back. The Lurker, he's like in a dark cloak. He's a Trigon figure that I modded and like added goggles to and different stuff to make him my own like character. Like he's a black silhouette, but he's got purple accents and red details and stuff. Yeah, man, that's so, so early. So when you, I mean, you had to have had some kind of love for art or creativity growing up which means like you tap into it in high school what does that love look like as you begin so yeah i've let's see like i kind of feel like even though i was born in 87 like i inherited a lot of nostalgia secondhand like when i was watching cartoon network and a lot of television shows they were dumping on programs from the 60s and 70s, the old yeah. Hanna-Barbera stuff and whatnot. And I always loved like learning about the lore and the toy lines, like who Optimus Prime was and all that stuff. Um, and how that, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit, but um, no, it's perfect. Yeah. I always enjoyed art. And uh, in high school, my art teacher was actually a, like she used to design for a professional billboard company. Mm-hmm. And so she created a school club that worked just like an ad agency. And that's how I kind of learned, okay, this is a way I can take art and make money from it. Yeah. And um, so that's how I got into graphic design, which is what I do for my day job. Um, but yeah, for fun, my hobby, I've always gone back to kind of those roots of toys. I um I've always loved seeing how like toys are made, like the joints and how they work together or nerf guns. Like I've taken nerf guns apart and modified them and improved yeah. them. That sort of thing. Um, like figuring out how to make things toyetic. And we we were even talking about that during um the marketplace, like the slider figure, like giving it that gimmick of put building it around the furniture slider so it could yeah. move and function. Yeah. Um yeah. Which and then you get on these early, um, I guess they're like message boards. People, I mean, the people that listen to this podcast, and I, I hope if there's younger ones, you understand that like <laughs> the internet sucked when it first was around. Like it was just flash games, message boards, right? And, like, Pages that people made. Even uh, Google wasn't what it is now. Like you had to like find pages through other pages, links and forums like there wasn't really a search engine for this stuff yeah so how so how did you happen upon then those things with (laughs) figures because that's like just random chance sometimes of typing in Uh, things i don't even fully remember entirely um i do know i was involved a bit with the pokemon there was a group of people that made fake pokemon cards like they would take the real designs and create yeah. their own um or make some for their own characters and i that's how i got my feet wet in photoshop was doing a lot of that back in high school middle school um i'm not sure how i came off across like like i said jen Sayotami. i think he still uses that same website but he's got a lot of tutorials on there and that was a big one that kind of branched off into finding other tutorials like that was even before youtube even like nowadays you can hop on youtube and see videos of how people do this stuff but yeah yeah youtube it's crazy i work with students and it's really (laughs) tough for them to understand that youtube started when i was like 14 or 15 it and it was garbage i remember having to download movie trailers yeah it would take like 30 minutes to get like a little quick time file you watched kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah and i i do remember like how awful it was and then when youtube was on there it was used for like dumb stuff like some people Charlie didn't really know what to do with it yeah yeah and then when i remember seeing like the first uh i don't know what you call it, like the beginnings of vlogging or the beginnings of like people making somewhat good videos mm-hmm. and it was just earth shattering so like you can do this yeah yeah, people like College Humor and Smosh and yep. other, yeah, Good Mythical Which, Morning stuff, yeah. I didn't know that Smosh was still around, and they very much yeah. are. They yeah. just bought back their... Just, yeah, I saw that, yeah. I um, Like, Great Mythical Morning owned them for a very long time, 
I didn't even know like Great Mythical Morning has been on for so long. Yeah, they're like a corporation now. They've been able to make it work. Yeah. Which is so, so many crazy. of those tried and like got bought by a bigger company and then failed and yeah. aren't around anymore. So man. Um yeah. so you get to a point when you start customizing. Do you drop toys at some point and then pick them back up? Like following high school. Do we stop customizing? Uh, I mean, I think even in college, I had some around my dorm and stuff. Like, I mean, once I got to graduated um, college and was able to get my first real job and real money and could buy like some of the things I didn't have yeah. as a kid or whatnot, that was when my collection really expanded. Um, I don't know if there was a point that I ever didn't own toys or wasn't doing something with them. Yeah. Yeah, that moment when you get adult money to buy, <laughs> like, the kid things you didn't have is a crazy feeling. Well, and now we've got, like, recre recreations of old figures or the yeah. scaled-up G.I. Joe classifieds that look like what the old ones wish they could have looked like and stuff, so. Yeah. Everything comes around, yeah. It's crazy to think, to um, like, even with the progression of Star Wars, like, the... Mm -hmm. um, the dewback, the green one, the vintage one. Yeah. It doesn't look anything like it probably should. Or uh, R2-D2 has that big eye in the middle, and that's not, yeah, yeah like, there's all these different, because they were rushing them out to get them out within, yeah. like, a few months of the movie, and they had concept art to go off of, yeah. And then Power of the Force comes. Uh, the dewback itself, like, becomes awesome. Mm -hmm. It's this, like, brownish copper looking yeah, more accurate it's, to the movie yeah really cool everything opens it moves all kinds of stuff r2d2 no longer has like the center <laughs> thing but like all the yeah, stuff more detailed like they could actually pause the movie and take or scan the real stuff or whatever they needed to do yeah yeah and then the black series do back comes out and it's oh yeah i've got incredible. that one yeah incredible and yeah. so it's just crazy to see even like the progression on that side like even commercial toys are just progressing at such a level that mm -hmm. i would have dreamed to have as a kid yeah yeah and so now this adult money is just going backwards <laughs> right <laughs> uh when so you you get to this point where you like you have this adult money you start doing that and then it clicks over and you start creating like figures right figures that mm -hmm. Phenomenal figures. We've seen them. Um, the one that I absolutely just love talking about is this Jeffrey figure, which is so fun. Um, so I'll how did you send you one? I've still got several, but yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, how is that even possible? Yeah, we can definitely do that after this. Um, yeah. Uh, how did you get to that point? Because that is um, a, you would probably agree with me. It's a very niche place. Like you were already in. Yeah a niche customizer so how did you get to like secondary niche yeah so kind of like i said before i was just making maybe one or two of a figure just for myself like to yeah. customize it and when i started seeing on Inst yeah i was on instagram um people taking like a planet of the apes head and putting on an astronaut body or combining swamp thing with, yeah. or the Boba Fett's everybody's done a modification of Boba Fett with a different body or head and um, all the stuff on DKE toys and stuff. Um, but seeing those, I kind of was like, Oh, this is something I could do or I could figure out. And um, that was shortly after I got married, we got married in 2018 and my wife's also an artist and she's been very good at encouraging me to pursue my art um I've always had like self-esteem issues and that was something before that point that I was kind of like I'll make it for me but nobody else really is going right. to want to see this kind of thing that kind of negative inner talk or imposter syndrome but she's been very good at encouraging me to pursue that and um she also had a background in casting and resin and um we we didn't know everything but yeah, she kind of helped me learn how to make silicon molds and stuff. And I made my own pressure pot watching a tutorial on YouTube and stuff out of uh, stuff from Harbor Freight. Um, and yeah, I'd already been doing graphic design, but I, to be honest, I was getting bored at my day job. It, it's not the one I met now. It's, it was for a construction company and I didn't really get to do my my illustration or 
what the colorful fun stuff I like to do. So this became kind of an outlet to do that, like to yeah. make a character like Corporate Drone um, into something. And like, even that one's like the body of a businessman with the head from a Rob the Robot, the Ness Robot character, yeah. and just in the arms from a 3PO and just getting to combine those and make something different if you change the colors a little bit kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, and honestly, I was still very intimidated. Like, am I sending people boxes of crap, basically? Like, is this worth <laughs> their time kind of thing? And uh, there were some ups and downs. Some people, they did break when it got there. And it, I had to, like, figure out how to refund or rectify or fix that. But a lot of people did enjoy it. So I just kept at it for a while. Yeah. What was the first figure that you ended up creating? And in... Maybe this is a two-part. So yeah. when did you start noticing that this was a bigger community? And then what was that first figure that you made that you wanted to get out um, there? When I know, like I said, kind of being on Instagram and seeing that other people were doing it. Um, yeah. And then the first one was a gonk. That's a mm -hmm. Star Wars robot with the two legs. I did some that were regular gonks, but I also did what I called mighty gonk. I attached like these mega man big legs to the bottom of it. Mm. So he's like bulkier than he should be. Um, and oddly some of that spirit lives on in the, the, the clunkers I'm making now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the first and the corporate drone came pretty quickly after that. Um, trying to remember what all I did. Jeffrey boat boot. Um, Cthulhu was one I did, uh, partnering with DKE Toys. It was one he was going to sell at shows, but that was like right as COVID hit. So that didn't really work as well. Um, no, no, yeah, I did, no disrespect to him. I appreciated him, but it was just hard to make that one work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah COVID was, uh, I mean, it's crazy three years later and we're still talking about it for sure on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Because it was such a... Um, for the maker space, it was really crazy that all of a sudden everyone became a maker and then everyone. Yeah, there was art. pros and cons. Like suddenly you were home yeah. a lot and you could do things, but also you couldn't, I don't know, go to toy conventions and shows and see people in person as much as you used to. Yeah. yeah. And then there was the birth of like these online Instagram shows and yeah, um, which is cool. It is what it is. Like it, it serves its purpose. Um, and then seeing not only like this wave of makers come in because i'm a part of that this podcast is a part of that um but then seeing like all of a sudden uh, threats of like resin shortage as we all start making yep. and yeah it was such a crazy uh, or, uh the shipping shortage when that boat got stuck in the canal and suddenly yeah. was slower yeah it was such a crazy uh time to think about um how all of us became makers and yet all of us had like so many stops ahead of us. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Tap to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait, salvation. Hooray, we're saved in DOV2. Limited edition custom artist-made action figures at DKE Toys. Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures. DKE. Because mm -hmm. we had so much going on. But you you made that figure. How did you get hooked up with Dove? I think he. it's awesome that he's this, like, kingpin that we all can go <laughs> to. And yeah. yeah. And so how did um, you get in touch with him? I think I reached out to him. I had already done corporate drone and uh, I think, yeah, I did two colorways of corporate drone and I, yeah, some of, I still do it now. Like I reached out to other artists, just like I did with you, just say, Hey, yeah. I've got this thing going on. Are you interested? And sometimes people bite and sometimes they don't. Yeah. And it just kind of built from there. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then uh, you're, so the figures, that you did make versus what you're making now there's mm -hmm. a big change in the art style um in that like it, it goes from resin casting to these clunkers which are super fun and mm -hmm. less resin casting 
but more there we go there that thing is so yeah, i know podcast is not a visual medium but yeah, <laughs> I, I have a few of them here if we need to talk about it but yeah um and so at some point you made that shift or that you started dabbling in other things or like that's an astronaut that i've done oh know. that one is fantastic it's like a Fortnite figure that i 3d printed a head onto and customized yeah oh that's so good yeah um, that one's on my instagram if people want to see it but yeah um how did you start getting into the 3d the stuff yeah. yeah so that's something even at that time i was toying with um mm -hmm. i've used tinkercad longer than i've been married so at least six years mm -hmm. um and i'd always been interested in 3d printing but there there were a couple of things like what would i ever really use this for like is right. is it just a fun toy or like how can i make this into something practical and the cost um they used like you're saying the history of the internet like the history of 3d printers they used to be thousands of dollars and like yeah. only schools or uh companies would have them so thankfully like I could hop on Amazon right now and buy a PLA printer for about a hundred, three hundred dollars. Yeah. And um so I started with resin. Um I the the resin printers, the UV printers. Um I enjoyed those, but there was definitely a learning curve. I had one break and I had to rebuild it and um, they're very messy. Um, mm -hmm. Some people, I even had allergies to the resin originally and had to start wearing gloves, um, things like that. Um, but even, I'm trying to remember, there were parts back then that I had 3D printed and would make molds off of. The jetpacks I made were like that for G.I. Joe. Um, and a few other things. I don't think corporate drone anything came from printing. But so with resin, you're able to get a lot finer details. They're mm -hmm. a lot smaller. Um, it would take forever to build something big. Um, but then you're asking how I transitioned into like the larger 3D printing. So <laughs> Mandalorian um, season two, it ends with... Um, Boba Fett sitting down on that throne. Yep. And I have a friend, uh, 2797 Studios. You probably saw that if you went in my Instagram. Um, he like challenged me, hey, like we need a model of this. Let's figure this out. Like people are going to want this to sit on their shelves and put the figure on it. And it's still one Hasbro hasn't made. So like I just crammed and took every screenshot I could of this thing and, um, made a 3d model of that within less than 24 hours and we put it up for sale and sold several of those and at the start um he and nova empire um the two of them and myself like i would do the models they would print them and ship them to people i would get a cut of the profit that sort of thing and that kind of became another way for me to do my outlet like about that time i was coming out of covid they were having me back in the office i was getting busier i didn't have as much time mm -hmm. to do the resin figures that i had done at home um so i was just doing those models every so often and usually focusing on star wars that was the fandom that was big for them um but i missed doing my own things so i um Part of it was I I did end up getting a new job. I work at Dive Bomb Industries. They're a waterfowl hunting company. And um, like even this shirt, I got to illustrate. Oh, there you go. Looks um, great. Yeah, it's a bird that only flies at night. So we did like this night vision theme with it. Um, so yeah, I'm getting to do a lot more creative stuff at my new job. But that took away some of my creative energy coming home for mm -hmm. about a year as I got kind of used to that faster pace um and then about january so i've been going to this local toy vintage toy show toy man uh, here in st louis they they have whole gi joes and he-mans and anything like people vendors just set up booths and stuff and it's every two months um i've been going to that for years and I, upstairs they always have a maker space and an artist alley type of thing and i had a friend who does diorama pieces for mm. 
uh, action figures and what because people there's you might have seen there's a niche community of people that love to take photos of figures and like little yeah settings and whatnot and may recreate scenes from the movie or put Robbie the robot in the Star Wars cantina or something um but he he made diorama pieces and sold it at that and he was like hey I want to expand this table I want to have you and another maker here in town and like make this little like group so for the past couple of ones, that was kind of the challenge is every two months making something new to present at that. And um, about that time, I was also like, well, what can I make? And um, I had seen these figures from the dollar store that have the legs that I ended up using on the clunkers and I wanted to use them in something. And I remembered a model that I had worked on probably 2020, 2021, but I never finished of the clunker. And I was like, oh, let me scale that up and put these legs in it. Oh, that looks like something. And this is something cool. And it just built from that. And then the sliders were like, I wanted a a half price option, something I could produce for half the time. And yeah, so that, that kind of became its little companion. Um, yeah. And I, uh, it's a bit different for me because like I can adjust the model. Like this one has cat ears and is different from the standard quote unquote one. Um, yeah. I can print different parts. It's a little faster for me to adjust things on the fly. If I find out a part's not fitting right, I can adjust that when I print the next one. Whereas with resin, you're stuck with that expensive mold that you just invested in making. Yeah. Um, and it's a little harder to do that. Um, and I'm not tying myself to a specific color scheme. Um, so I kind of get to create in give each one its own little personality and whatnot yeah so that's more that i'm very adhd as you can probably tell so that kind of helps serve that where making the same corporate drone every time was getting monotonous and there yeah. was this kind of slavery to perfection like i felt like i had to make it exactly the same every time whereas these like it's okay if it's got a scar here or a little different like it's something lived in like it's it's seen history or something it's implied character yeah yeah the clunkers are such an interesting toy for me i have the slider on my shelf and mm -hmm. it um which it slides like it really does and uh yeah. i you added pieces to it that make it so fun like the the cord that comes out of the side or mm -hmm the antenna that comes out of the top of the slider or um, the legs and how they move and bend on the bigger ones. And so it's, as you're making that, do you find that you have left um, or that you will be leaving resin behind and pushing more and more into this style of creating? I think so. Um, I mean, I think there might be, an opportunity for me to make some of the parts in resin still but like i said i love the i think 3d printing gives me more freedom i feel like mm -hmm. um and i i like building in those those gimmicks like those little moving parts or like the the clunker or the uh sliders have antennas those are sewing needles i glue in there or like yeah. the eyes give it a little more dimension and that's something too I do to distract from like the 3D printed quality. Like um, if I can mix other little parts in there, it makes it look just a little more realistic or like there's more going on than just a single 3D printed piece. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, um, there's this weird thing that is happening that I'm really enjoying right now. Because um, mm -hmm. I do it a lot as I will go to people that 3D sculpt and I'll have them like I'll commission things with them. That's how I did my Astron figure. That's how I'm doing another figure that's coming out soon. And so mm -hmm. it's like the detail is so perfect. And it, it's, it. I, I don't know, like it takes 12 hours to get this figure out instead of hundreds of dollars in supplies to get this figure mm -hmm. out. And it's it's something that's incredible. And I have to find, like, I don't, I also don't own, 3d resin printers so i then have to like outsource that too mm -hmm. um so it's all kinds of interesting and in how it's coming along when it comes to um creating in this space and and trying to balance um like your creativity at work because now you're more creative at this job mm -hmm. 
How are you able to not be drained creatively? <laughs> it's a struggle. It can be up and down. Some weeks I I'm just I don't even go to my workshop in the basement. I'm I'm worn out. But some weeks like I know I've got to get something done for Toy Man or for your show. So yeah. I I commit. Okay, I'm only going to make five, and then I end up making ten because I'm. <laughs> like excited and I'm down there making yeah. um and it, it helps me to do them in batches to like make a ton of blanks and then come back and then paint them all um put them together that sort of thing yeah there can be some ups and downs um I I have a ton of ideas I keep google docs of ideas and I I have models that I've played with and tried but haven't fully like I haven't figured out how this one's going to fit together yeah. or how I'm going to print that efficiently or whatever so um, I think it's always a process and I think it helps serve my ADD if I'm multitasking, if I'm bouncing around, if I'm trying, if I don't get stuck on one narrow thing. Yeah. Which that like to have ADD and be in toys is always <laughs> incredible because there's so much you can do. Yeah. Um, for photonic toys, what's next? You started making yeah. these clunkers and you're diving more into sculpting and all that. What's coming next for you? Um, something I've been talking about. So I've made I've made a friendship with a local um video game store, and he wants like retro video game store. He wants some of my clunkers in there, but I was kind of thinking of something that could serve that environment more. So maybe something arcade machine mm -hmm. based, like a arcade machine with legs and arms, like it's come to life out of a junkyard. Or you probably saw the televisitor. That was a sketch I did of this retro television with like Iron Man arms and legs. Oh, like yeah, yeah. Come to life. Yeah. So that's one that I never fully finished. I was trying to experiment with clear resin to make the screen work. And it mm -hmm. it would always frost up. I mm. don't know if you've worked with clear resin or, yeah. or it would turn yellow. There were, there were all these weird properties to it. But I've thought lately, like, what if I use a lens? What if I use something that I can find in mass, like a container about that size? Yeah. Um, and that's something I've always liked. Like, like with the clunkers, like finding the real world pieces that I can source in mass and combine with these 3D prints to make them into something. Um, and also at the same time, I'm so at Toy Man. Like I said, I've been helping this guy who does diorama pieces. I've been doing oil barrels or um, fire hydrants, dumpsters, like things that can fit into a diorama and go into the background and be part of a, this could go with G.I. Joe or Ninja Turtles or Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. Um, people like little props or like I was selling little like uh, um, Ninja Turtles, the ooze containers. I made yeah. like clear green slime that went inside of there and stuff and those sold really well this past one so yeah just kind of trying to think like what might people want to add to their little scenes or their environments that can add and enhance the figures they already own um, even the clunkers that was kind of the the thought i've always loved like in star wars like the cantina like all those background aliens that are just there for a few seconds some of them they even need to they needed more aliens so they grabbed some masks from the horror section or, or whatever and uh that's why there's a werewolf and a devil and all this stuff in the background but like they were just there for a few seconds Thursday night 7 p.m youtube live it's toys alive toys alive toys alive there's way cool artist unboxing no accounts under a thousand followers what? art out there for 30 bucks or less collector spotlight Collectors. current upcoming shows and drops giveaways short chats with artists <laughs> news from the hood 100 indie all the time that's, that's toys, toys live, live. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST. YouTube and they life. imply this larger history of the world. Yeah. And my clunkers could do that in the background of any sci-fi scene. Like um, Empire Toy Works is really big. He does these cool dioramas and like he mixes different sci-fi genres and stuff. So that's been an inspiration. Yeah, sorry I rambled, but yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the resin, you know, for the, the TV... Um, mm -hmm they make that is it abs like crystal clear is that what it's called for a resin? yeah it was something by smooth on i think it was called crystal clear that i was playing with yeah but um and that's been another enemy here i live in st louis missouri 
Yep. The humidity is really high here. And we yeah. know that scientifically because every like silicone and resin that says like, oh, it'll cure in 30 minutes usually takes an hour, hour and a half. Like yeah. it's almost two to three times the time it says if it cures at all. Sometimes we've screwed up the mixture and it'll just never cure. And then our molds are screwed up. Um, so that's been a pain to fight against too. So we wonder if that yeah. was affecting, that was part of why I built the pressure pot. That The pressure pot really helped push out the bubbles and make sure everything dries evenly. But even that's got like a time factor, the resin's curing as you're trying to get the, the pressure up and seal it and all that and make sure the mold doesn't dump inside of there as you're moving around. So, yeah, you, yeah. you with you wanting to do more of those background pieces, uh, it's interesting. I do a lot of looking at uh, toy photography mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, I don't know how to describe like it's so interesting and I didn't know that it was such a like a hobby for people um, yeah. and how they like. The one I can think of immediately is it's like I think it's Mario running from the chef from the Muppets or something. That sounds familiar. I might have seen yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And there's like dirt coming up behind uh Mario. Yeah, running. some of them they they light fireworks right yeah. behind it as they're taking it, and that creates like these cool effects like that, or they kick up the dirt or whatever. Cause which is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's like little movie sets, basically. Some of them yeah. even kind of like Mandalorian where they film in front of a, a projected background. Some people will use television sets behind okay. the toys to make uh, like an added effect to their diorama. So I've played with that some too. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. And so like, as it, as I start to think about that kind of um, stuff, there's gotta be like the biggest market because if I'm creating that stuff, I don't want to like, I don't want to work my butt off to create those myself i would rather outsource that to people that love doing that yeah it, it, like to have someone like you who does like doing that that's insane it's so like it's a perfect match yeah yeah that's been really fun to get into and like even today um kenwin picks was a, is a local guy who bought some stuff for me he made like a little junkyard scene and used one of my skulls and one of my bots and a few of the cans in the background kind of thing to make like this little set yeah. And it's really cool to see what people will do to it and how they come to life. Yeah. Did was it you, please correct me if I'm wrong, that That's just okay. printed the 3D skulls? So yeah, I do not want to take credit for those. Okay. Um the model came from I think it's 3D Kit Bash. It's it's I tagged them on my Instagram, but um they and the models are a few years old, but um there's so many like models out there that people make that you can buy for like $5 or $10 yeah. kind of thing. And he was nice enough to include like, you can sell, I think it's like 20 in a month and I'm not bothered kind of thing. If you start selling more, we need to talk kind of thing. But yeah, I've played with printing those in small amounts. I want to learn to do organic 3d sculpting better right now. A lot of my stuff is rigid machinery, yeah. um, but stuff that's smooth, like animals or bone. Um, so I was kind of downloading them at first just to kind of learn, okay, how did he put these together? And then I printed off some and liked them, and that's kind of where those came from. But that's just, once again, another element. Somebody could stick that in the corner of a scene or something or have somebody pose with it. And um, with 3D printing, like, you can put in a percentage and scale things up and down. Yeah. So I've got them for smaller scales. I've got them, for, I'm playing with a Roncor that's like this big skull. Yeah. Um, more like six or seven inch scale yeah so. which i i mean the there's a what's the ewok figure that has the it's like a skull uh, on their head Sherpa, maybe? so or i don't know one of those yeah yeah i don't know what animals on their head i don't think it ever says yeah, yeah. but in my head it's like this when i saw those skulls it immediately was like, oh, there's got to be a figure that just wears that skull as a helmet, basically. Yeah. Because like, they're just perfect sizing and it just takes like a little bit or of work like to make it. Or like a Cubone from Pokemon, how it's got yeah. that skull. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I'm always interested in that stuff because the one only Star Wars thing that I really collect from like the actual lines are just the animals and monsters and stuff. Like you said, the 
you back. Yeah. Yeah. And so all the other stuff can like fall to the wayside for me. <laughs> but when I see the like having the Ron to like it, it's Ron just Cole. such, yeah, yeah. it's like all of those things are insane. And then, yeah. So seeing those and then like, I remember reaching out and you had uh, started practicing on uh, flocking them. Correct. Yeah. Uh, flocking and detailing. So I've, um, that really comes from being interested in like Warhammer or Dungeons yeah. and Dragons miniatures. Um, those are even smaller scale. Those are like, I don't know, less than an inch tall usually. And um, I've seen a lot of tours where people will like dry brush and detail them. And that's where I learned a lot of my techniques for painting these things. I still use that on a lot of the clunkers and whatnot. Um, but the flocking that's from model railroading. It's a, uh, it's a fine green powder that you get from Hobby Lobby mm -hmm. and you put Mod Podge on the part of the figure you want, dip it in the flocking, blow it off, um, put a, put a clear coat of matte over it to seal it in. And you can just layer that up if you want a different effect or, um, with rust. I was showing you guys, I did rust with, um, chili powder, orange sand, like any, any of those, the grit that was able yeah. to make that texture in there. Um, or I've been playing with slime. Like I said, I've been doing that with a dried gorilla glue that mm -hmm. bubbles up. I let that like bubble up and get to its most extreme. And then I go over it with a thin layer of uh neon green, like transparent paint to make that pop. Which yeah. is insane that your paint jobs i think are what are how i found you to begin with mm -hmm. and so you bring up warhammer i know nothing about warhammer um the well i i do know about the orcs that's all about of, of <laughs> once warhammer. again you like the monsters the, yeah the creatures. yeah um and just the lore behind them is so chaotic and crazy and it, it excites me but mm -hmm um painting those is insane that's where i get citadel paint that's what i use whenever mm -hmm. i paint figures i use a lot of vallejo and tamia paints and yeah. citadel is pricey but i have some of them too yeah um so is that how long were you working with warhammer like um you, that just will refine your painting skills overnight if you just keep doing it right I mean, they they don't look nearly at the quality I have now, but even back in high school, I had friends that I played Warhammer with, which it, it's not a cheap hobby. Um, no. The models are, back then they were metal, they've, they've transitioned to plastic, but there's a lot of them are still imported from, excuse me, from Britain. Yeah. Um, so there's that cost involved, or they know like, hey, we're, we have a monopoly basically on this game, we can charge as much as we want. Um, but I got models back then and i would paint them or or D is a little easier because so many different companies make miniatures for that scale or i could buy old hero clicks or other uh, stuff in that scale and convert it to work um id dungeon mastered for a bit for dungeons and dragons and i would always make like the little miniatures for my for the characters that were playing or the monsters they were fighting that sort of thing um so yeah, just learning how to paint those and watching a lot of YouTube tutorials and a lot of those techniques, they they look difficult, but if you do it enough times or you practice, it kind of helps you refine that skill. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I do D&D &D every once in a while. Um, mm -hmm. And we are in a campaign and um, I had, I built my figure. My figure is massive in comparison to the others. <laughs> And so I used a Hulk body and I'm looking for like, Oh, the it's perfect. like a big troll. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm a, um, a Loxodon. I have not uh, heard of that. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. an elephant humanoid thing. And they're okay. just massive. Okay. Yeah. And so in comparison to like the Druids that I'm next to, it's mm -hmm. just such a weird, like, yeah. Height difference. So I made it out of a Hulk figure instead of like a miniature and it worked out perfectly yeah. which is great um but yeah the painting you sent me um when i bought the slider you sent me the other parts to, so that i can practice on painting to make another yeah. one and then you sent me like one of the rusted things that you made yeah that's like a little jetpack from the dollar store yeah like, that had detailery in it and it was pretty affordable so i was able to practice on it yeah to hold it, um, what's crazy is usually when we paint the rust on there, it's just like 
you just paint it. But like yours has so much texture to it. The like it is a piece of yeah. metal. And yeah. so uh, it was cool to see. And it's gotten, Thank you. even from the last time that we talked <laughs> three years ago, your painting skills are blowing up. Thank you. Yeah. One of the, what's crazy is, I don't know if you remember this. Um, you were the, one of the first ones that helped me with painting. Um, and it was in the weirdest way. I just couldn't figure out how to get paint to stick to resin. Okay. And, yeah. Cause resin comes out so smooth from the, the mold. Yeah. There's and no you surface texture to it usually. Yeah. And you just held up a can and you were like, take a screenshot real quick. This is Krylon the mat clear. I use so much of that. Yeah. Um, sadly, I, I've developed an allergy to it. I have to make sure I wear a mask now and I spray outdoors. Um, yeah. But yeah, it adds that texture to it. Or I've even found with my 3D prints, sanding both surfaces before I super glue them together. Mm -hmm. That gives it more texture to grip too. Um, but yeah, the paint needs something to stick to. And that's why detailed figures are usually better than like really super smooth like that turtle guy behind you, like that would be a pain to paint this the yeah. paint roll off. He, he looks beautiful the way he is. I would leave him that way, but I'm just yeah. saying if you were to paint him, like that would be difficult because of the smoothness of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think about that a lot. Like if, if it's hard for us to paint resin figures, imagine how hard it is to paint Safubi. Yeah, or rubber stuff, yeah. And I know some of those, like they put powders in the mold mm -hmm. so that when you cast the resin, it sticks to that powder. Um, I've done that with some figures too. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's still tricky. Or airbrushing is one I want to get into. I have not made that leap yet. I want to build my own spray booth. But yeah, those you can make gradients or like just subtle highlights. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about doing that. I do love like how small the highlights can be it can be just a little tiny line mm -hmm. or it's this massive spray that you're doing um but yeah that is uh so with all that do you plan on going back into like the dke side of things do you plan on going to designer con do you plan on adding that kind of stuff to what you're doing i kind of want to see how this next year goes yeah. um at the same time, I'm developing my illustration and drawing more for myself, um, kind of building up my own portfolio. I think I sent you some of the sticker designs. Yeah. There was a local print show here every December called the Print Bazaar. This whole street, like they set up um, tables along the street and people are selling prints. And last year I went to it and I had some friends that were there as sellers and like an old college professor that I knew was there. And um they were really like, hey, Phil, you can do this. Like, you have yeah. the talent. And so I, that's been kind of a goal is to have enough to be at that, to have a booth at that this year. I think setting little goals like that and building up to it and kind of seeing what happens. Um, we've tried a few shows locally with my art or my wife's art. And uh, sometimes it sells great. And sometimes we're there for five hours and nothing sells. So I'm like, trying to figure out what's the right audience what's the right niche to get into do i fit in it designer con or um with something like dke or you kind of thing um i think i'm still figuring it out um yeah. and still working on some of that self-confidence and okay this one did really well let me try three variants of it okay that does well what if he has a friend kind of thing like building that out um and just seeing how things go yeah yeah, which it's, I think that's such a good way to beat like certain confidence things, just slowly dabbling here and there until you find one that works super well. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, yeah. I found it works a little bit. It's almost like a currency to make friends or connections. Like at mm -hmm. these conventions, even if I'm not a vendor, like I went to a Comic-Con a few months ago in Kansas City, I brought a clunker. And I was surprised somebody there was an independent toy maker, like who had bought, he, he sends his figures overseas to get them produced in vinyl, kind of mm -hmm. like the kid robot figures. Um, so it was cool to make that connection and show him like a physical piece, like, Hey, this is something I can make or um, the print artists. Like I've got stickers now I'll give out free stickers to other artists to kind of trade and make connections like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. DesignerCon is uh, pretty crazy like that um, because it's all makers. And so walking up and down 
and just meeting because the podcast has become this um this like level playing field where everyone comes on and is able to talk and do whatever and so um like being able to walk through and just say hi to all the different artists that have been on here uh to be able to hang out with the ones that have been on here that I only see once or twice a year like all of those it, it is it's a it's a very much a currency exchange uh which is weird to say but I, it's so <laughs> yeah. true uh, yeah. and, and I do that with merch packs. I, for a while I was building, um, uh, I think I might've sent you one or I, Oh no. Cause you're on now. So I will send you one. Um, mm -hmm. it's like a cassette case and it, in it, it has, uh, all kinds like a magnet, a button stickers, mm -hmm. like all kinds of stuff just from toys on tap. And, yeah. Or like I threw extras into your stuff or I, yeah. yeah. Other people have sent me like, they'll send me stickers with a figure I ordered or whatever to kind of build on that. And it's been such a fun uh, yeah. handing those out at conventions is fun uh, just because it's like simple. I think I had something on there that was like uh, rate something on the podcast and I'll give you a tape that mm -hmm. has stuff on. Yeah, so it was cool. Um, but with all that and everything that we've talked about, um, how do people get in touch with you? How do people maybe commission you to do things how do they do collaborations how do we get a hold of you like all those things let us know all yeah that. so uh photonicfrontier.com that's my link tree um that has links to my store my instagrams my professional portfolio um my email and contact stuff is on there that's the best way to find me um at photonic figures on instagram is my most active account that's where i post my figure stuff and then at Fr photonic frontier is my um art and uh sticker designs and in the future it'll be print and other graphic design stuff i do i just kind of wanted to separate those and see how they do separately i might bring them back together but that's kind of the best way to find me yeah awesome dude thank you so much for coming back on toys on tap thank you yeah i've really enjoyed this yeah uh, you are um, one of the, I think you're the only one that has made this happen. Uh, the bootleg market is open to only artists that have been on Toys on Tap. That's who Oh, come. okay. And I didn't so, know that. Yeah, but, I just was like, hey, you're selling toys. Maybe I can squeeze <laughs> my way in there. Okay. But what was cool, yeah. like you had one of the original ones and hadn't come back on yet. And so, um, and I think I've talked about it before, the... The hard part is um, I had three or four before I got so tired of Vimeo. Mm -hmm. And I the goal has always been to get through those ones, like bring them back on. And I think you might have been the last one that oh, was okay. there. So now cool. I've completed it. I could shut down the podcast if I wanted. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, thank you again for coming back on. It's been a blast. Yeah.